Hello, welcome to Eat This Scroll, a podcast where we study the Bible while teaching people how to study the Bible so that they can read their Bible, not just as information, but as food for their soul. Once again, with me in the recording studio today, we've got Mr. Conrad Hirschberger. Hi. Matt Rao. Hey. Eric Lloyd. Good morning. Back for round two. Um, today, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter two, verses one through 11, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful passage of scripture, but also a very, very, very important passage of scripture. And so as we read this, just know that um, all scripture is equally inspired, but there are mountaintops of scripture and there are passages that uh, are quite honestly more important than others. Although we do have it all because we need it all, um, there are some that are more central. And I would just encourage everyone listening uh, to familiarize familiarize is that a word for be familiar yeah i think so, I so. did i I, so. I didn't, I didn't yeah, make up a sure. word there i'm good um to uh be familiar with this passage because um it very it very much should be central to the christian life let me read it philippians chapter 2 starting in verse 1 so if there's any encouragement in christ if any comfort from love any participation in the spirit if any affection and sympathy complete my joy by being of the same mind having the same love being in full accord and of one mind do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, thanks for today. Please fill us with your spirit. Help us see wonderful things from your word as we study it together and with those listening in Christ's name. Amen. All right, guys, so just brief overview. This is... Uh, uh, a passage that is uh, kind of historically been known as um, the kenosis passage, uh, and not to sound fancy, but just to give you an idea of where that comes from. Um, in verse seven, it says, "But he emptied himself." The Greek word for empty there is kanao, hence the word kenosis. But it's this idea of Christ is really the center of this passage, although there is application and commands built around it. The center of this passage, what makes it so important. It's this beautiful expression of, uh, and a brief, succinct, yet very rich summary of what Christ did in his incarnation, that he came and he emptied himself um, of the privileges that, uh, that he could have availed himself to as Lord, as Creator God, as uh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but he came and he walked in humility and served humanity even those who are his enemies. So just know that uh, that's why one of the reasons why this passage is so central. But let me just open it up, and as, as we read that there, maybe starting towards the beginning, um, just begin to kind of walk me through it or tell me some of the things that, that jumped out at you as we, as we read. So uh, verse 7 specifically, um, I actually, uh, Matt had the NIV last time. I actually have a King James with me as well today, and I really like how... Uh, we're covering all the bases. Yeah. ESV, King James, <laughs> yeah, we got you. <laughs> we won't go any further than that, though. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's good. That's, yeah. <laughs> so verse 7 in the King James says, um, but made himself of no reputation yeah. and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So uh, I, I think that shows a really good picture of, um, you know, Jesus Christ as God, uh, who um, 
could have done anything. Uh, he did not have to make himself of no reputation, yeah. but he decided to make himself of no reputation. So he decided to empty himself. Uh, it wasn't um, anything that had to be done uh, for him. Uh, it was only done for us. Yeah. 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 I, I think out of the gate here, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, and I think that's key is being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. And I really think, you know, like th- that that phrase, then make my joy complete, it reminds me of um, John chapter 15, uh, specifically in 11. It says, I have told you um, this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And then it goes on in 12 my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. But that chapter really talks about how apart from me, you can do nothing. And so it's being unified in Christ and and allowing Christ to come into my life. My joy, Christ's joy is going to be complete by, by that happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, humility is kind of the central idea here. Okay. So, one of the questions, just to pause and again, kind of give a, uh, I don't know, hopefully some helpful tools at times on how to study the Bible as we're studying the Bible, is one of my favorite questions to ask. I find this very helpful. Is, is what I call looking for the target in the bullseye. It was just this two-step question of what general idea is the author talking about, and then what specifically is he saying about that idea. So, if the picture of target, you find the target, and then you zoom in on the target to the bullseye to a specific area of that. So. We've already said this here. What general idea is he talking about? He's talking about humility. Okay, so now let's begin to ask some specific questions about, okay, what is he saying about humility? Well, one of the things that, you know, in regards to what you guys have pointed out there is that, like, I think that we think of being humble, like, or sometimes I think that we can think that if we're going to be humble, that means being miserable. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. Or maybe that's just yeah. me. But yeah. I think I think that's kind of a thing that's like, it, it just in my not uh, humility. Well, I don't want to be humble because that would that's a serious stink. bummer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a bummer, man. If I'm gonna be humble, then I can't have joy. No, not at all. Like, like look at what look at these things. Look again. Look at some of the specifics around this general idea around this target of humility that he's talking about. Like love, participation in the spirit, affection for one another, sympathy. And again, these are these are these are character qualities or traits or values that should be found in the community of the local church. And he says, complete my joy. Um, there's also, the, uh, again, just a little side note here in terms of like, again, studying the Bible, some of the most low-hanging fruit, uh, and by that I just mean like a good place to start in Bible study is just look for things that are repeated, either exact words that are repeated or um, ideas that are repeated but you have the idea of the mind or the word mind several times here just in, in these verses. In verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Again, the end, full accord and of one mind. Down in verse 5, have this mind among yourselves. Uh, last week at the end of chapter 1 in verse 27, it says um, uh, that I hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind. So again, as you're reading this, Paul is, is bringing up this, this idea of mind, which again, um, what general idea is he talking about? Humility. What can we learn from that? Well, you don't have to be miserable, first of all. But second of all, another thing along with that is it has a lot to do with your mindset. And this idea of mind, it's it's more, I guess that would be an accurate phrase, it's like mindset, it's 
attitude. It's a general demeanor in which we carry ourselves um, that is something that starts on the inside. Uh, because here's what you don't want. And here's, here's my point in all this is the reason I'm pointing all these things out like that he kind of builds around humility is there are a lot of people, and I, I would say all Christians can fall into this trap, is that we know that humility is important, and so what we're going to do is we're not going to actually be humble, but we're going to act humble. Anybody see? <laughs> yeah. And you can and, and yeah. you can smell and, it. You can smell it a yeah. mile away, and, and, and it yeah. smells so bad. And, uh, yeah. Well, well said. There is a. You're like, what? What? What is that? What is that? Oh, you're, uh, you're trying to act humble. <laughs> it's one of those humble brags so that come gross. out. Yeah, right. right. We, it's. Um, I remember hearing uh, somebody share about um, a, a story, a conversation they were having. This person was just talking about you know the humility and the people on their staff. They were so humble and. You know, just everybody in their association was, you know, they're just humility, such a big value for them. This guy goes, man, you know, you guys, you guys are humble, but it's interesting that you're so aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and the guy, it was like, it was this subtle, like snide uh, uh, rebuke. Um, But man, isn't that the case, right? And and again, Christian, hear this, because again, it's very easy to fall into this. It's like we, no one, Paul is not calling us just to act humble. He's calling us to be humble Amen. and and it starts on the inside with this mindset with this attitude with this demeanor any other thoughts on that yeah i think it's just like a um even even just with you know the phrase uh you know becoming dead to ourselves or like being crucified with christ those kinds of things they seem like bad things, but it's actually in the death that there's resurrection. Very good It's point. in the death yeah. that there's life. Yep. The same yeah. way with humility, it's in the humility that there's actually pure joy or like real joy yes. um, yeah. and peace and yeah. actually confidence in Christ. Yes. Um, and so it's it's often the opposite. Yes, it's kind of that is an excellent, excellent point. And, and uh, let's, let's sit on this for a while because um, this is just so central to the Christian life. I can't. I can't overstate this. When Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, he follows it up with four. So here's the reason why. He who wants to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life, i.e. takes up his cross, for my sake, will find it. So what is the aim that Jesus is getting to? It's that we might have life, right? So this is is the logic of the cross is like, yeah, and we, and we, we read this, we gloss over this from a worldly perspective. I think this is why the Bible speaks of the cross as a stumbling block because on the one hand, yeah, we, we see, we're like, oh man, I don't want that. Mm. That's nasty. That's, that, that's difficult. No, no, no. Your, your joy, your greatest life, all the things described in this passage, um, they're on the other side of the cross and, and, uh, Jesus isn't trying to be tricky with it. He said, this is the path. This is where, yep. this is where, this is where you got to go. Matthew, uh, 23, um, it's talking about the Christ. Uh, it says in the um, end of verse ten, uh, but then the greatest among you shall be your servant. So he's he's made a servant for us, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So back to your point, Eric. That's the goal. The goal is um, that God will exalt, and that we will not exalt ourselves. He did the same thing with Christ. Yeah, yeah. And let's just let's just again look at some of the specifics here. Um, we're kind of talking around all these things, but encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation in the spirit, affection, sympathy, 
to make his joy complete, having the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. And then I like this little phrase, do nothing. It's very straightforward, but I, I love just kind of marinating in some of these little phrases, sometimes just chewing on them. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Um, it is easy for Eric Miller to sometimes do the right thing outwardly and yet be doing them from a place of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Like if we're, again, I think it come, we've talked about this on the podcast, but if we become super aware of our humility, it should be a red flag that we're probably not walking in humility. I think the, the famous C.S. Lewis quote is that humility is not thinking less of self, but it's thinking of self less. Um, uh, is, a good, is a good summary here. But in humility, and he says this, count others more significant than yourselves. And again, not just so that you don't get like hyper weird with that or some sort of weird asceticism where you neglect yourself or try to become, I don't, I don't know, act super spiritual. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests. So yeah, look, you can look to your own interests. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to take, to take care of yourself. But let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others and count others as more significant uh, than yourself. That's just good yeah. rubber meets the road, shoe leather gospel. You really, I think it strikes a chord. There's so many times that I talk to people, especially in the church, that they are actually looking to the interests of others before their own interests. And, you know, one thing that's been driving us at Mercy Hill is being healthy. If you're not in a healthy place, you're not going to be able to help others. Yeah. And so many times we neglect our own selves. And once again, I'm not I'm not trying to focus on ourselves, but like we need to be in Christ first and foremost, being fed by Jesus, for us to even be able to be to be humble, to help others, to look to the interest of others. And and so many times I think we have that so backwards, especially being raised in church. I was always told that you almost have to. Um, it's always always about everybody else, and really it's about Christ. I think this is the key right here is looking not to everybody else, but looking to Christ first and foremost to be healthy in Christ for Christ to come in and change my life. That allows real true humbleness for me to do things for people. Yeah. So, so going back to that CS Lewis quote, humility is not thinking less of self, but thinking of self less. But how do you do that? Yeah. Like, like how do you do that? Well, you have to have something more beautiful than yourself. You have to have something more glorious than yourself. There's only one place that can be found. It's in Christ. Um, and as Christ becomes all satisfying and central to us, uh, humility is a fruit. It's a natural byproduct that's going to come from thinking of self less as we're, as we're consumed with him. And wouldn't you know it, that's exactly where Paul goes here. You know, yeah. again, so I think that was a great setup, Matt, just in terms of, um, kind of what Paul has in mind as he rolls into this into this section. So why don't we go on and, and look at some things here in, in what would technically be kind of the, the kenosis passage here, um, uh, starting in verse 5 and 6. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count e- equality with God a thing to be grasped. Um, again, this is very rich doctrinally. Jesus Christ is God. Colossians tells us that it was actually it was through Christ that the heavens were formed, that the stars were put in place. Um, 
He's the firstborn of all creation. He's very God of very God. But when I say firstborn, it doesn't mean that uh, he was created, but he is uh, a member of the Trinity along with the Father and the Spirit. Um, and though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So again, that, that idea of counting, I think that plays in with the idea of the mind and the mindset or the way that we think. Um, it's not that you're not important. It's not that we don't matter, but we're to count others as more important than ourselves. In the same way that Christ, he was God. He didn't deny that. He, he actually came to say it. He said, I, I'm God, but he didn't count that as something to be grasped, but he, he laid it aside um, to service. Any thoughts on that so far? Keep rolling. Verse 7, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. I, again, I think one of the things here is just like along with this, although it is a fruit, although it's an attitude, although it's um, in many ways uh, something that's produced in us by the Spirit of Christ, it doesn't mean that there is an intentionality, though, because Christ here, he took, like he took the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Like it was a choice for Jesus to be born in the flesh, um, uh uh, or conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and um, uh, and to become a man. And there's several, it's kind of like steps down, as um, as Paul's going to talk through this, of like kind of steps downward that, that Christ took in becoming a servant for us. He took the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, that's the incarnation, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, and not just any death, but even death on the cross. Amen. So you've got very God of it's just it he he keeps going down. It's many times um, there's a little phrase uh, that people will use it talking about upward mobility. Uh, have you ever heard that before? It's like yeah, yeah. the idea of like climbing the corporate ladder, becoming more successful, and the the higher you go go, the more freedom you have. You have to understand. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. That's, that's definitely not true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know the people think <laughs> that, but I just don't think it's true. Eric, 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 but it's truly here what one of the things that he's describing is is really in, in a sense downward mobility. Mm-hmm. Is that Christ came and he went down? He be, he he was very God, a very God, but he came um, and took on the form of humanity. Uh, left left glory, he became as a man, not a king of men, but he became a servant amongst men. He humbled himself to death, but not just death, the very worst kind of death, even death on the cross. Yeah, he he went as low as humanity could possibly go, and he didn't do it by default. It wasn't like oh, I, I guess I got. It. He he intentionally went there for the sake of serving humanity and doing what we ultimately could not do which is pay the penalty for our sins um so this is incredible yeah, so i i think the reason he was able to do that um, and i think it kind of goes back to being able to have true humility being able to have uh, true contentment is because um you know jesus christ he fully trusted the father um he 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 believed that um he was doing the will of the father and that the father was going to do what he said he was going to do. And I think that, um, you know, having that full trust, uh, you know, we talk about, Oh, I trusted Jesus Christ as my savior. Um, okay. Um, do you trust him with your life? I think that that is, um, I think that's where, where Paul's at. I think that's where we need to be at. If we're going to really rest in him, um, 
is to just have that full trust and to just practice it over and over every day. Um, you know, talking about dying to self daily is something that, that Paul mentions. I, I think that that's, um, you know, something that we need to do, but not where we're actually trying to crucify ourselves. That's not a real thing where you can actually crucify yourself. I mean, um, I think we're always going to do, uh, you know, what's in our best interest, even if we want to fake like we're not, we really are. So um, being able to have that full trust um, in Jesus Christ and, and to trust him with our lives gives us the ability to have that, um, you know, true humility. Um, and I'm not saying I have it, but um, I want it. I know that. Yeah, I mean, you know, in verse 5 it says your attitude should be the same as, as what he's talking about here. You know, Paul shows it in chapter 1. I mean, we, we already discussed it in, in some of the former podcasts here. If you haven't heard that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. But, um, you know, the fact that he's in chains, the fact that while he's in chains, there's guys attacking him that's in the church. And yet he's like, as long as Christ is preached, that's all that matters to me. That's it. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. <laughs> and so I really see this as, this as he talks through this. It's already been happening in his own life. He showed it. In, in chapter one, that this is actually happening in his life. It's flushing out. Yeah, absolutely. And there's an idea here of, again, Christ going to the cross. Um, how do I put this? And in terms of, of service, you know, he if, if Christ would have come and done all that he had done in terms of healing, the, the teaching, the, the miracles, displaying his power, um, and showing us who he is in that, namely God, uh, if he had done all that without going to the cross, it we could we could have no salvation. There had to be a sacrifice and a substitute for sin, and Christ was that. And I and the thing about going to the cross was it's like we look back on it now and we're like, you know, thank you Jesus for what you did. When he came and when he did this, when he served humanity in this way by going to the cross, nobody wanted him to do it. Mm. Right. right. I mean, I mean, Peter, yeah. you know, he begins to talk about the cross, and Peter's like, "May that never be, Lord." And he's like, "Get behind me, Satan!" You know. Yeah. Um, Peter's like, "What?" Um, it, it's just like, like to do the thing, not just that nobody wants to do, but that people, the very people that need it the most, um, actually are trying to keep you from it, and think yeah. you're you're kind of crazy because of it. like like that's a level of service that like again, Jesus was like like to think that. That there could be any other motive other than to do the will of the Father and to love humanity well um, is, is crazy. I think that we, you know, uh, I don't know, we, we, we minimize the cross, we soften the cross. Um, Jesus went and did what needed to be done before those who even needed it the most even recognized that it needed yeah. to be done, which I, is an amazing thing. I think, too, I mean, absolutely the cross is the pinnacle, but you think about it, how he came to earth born of a virgin birth, born in a barn, and it, we romanticize that so many times. I We live in Amish country. I know what a barn smells like. Yeah. It is not glamorous. No one in our right mind would say, hey, I want my wife to have a baby here in the barn by right. the cows. Absolutely not. So that happens. And then he just he, he goes around and serves people. There's absolutely no no. In, the, in my humanness, that just absolutely makes no sense. He's the creator of the universe. He should be, if he comes, he's going to be humbling himself regardless, but he humbles himself in human terms. He should have, you know, been born in a palace at the, the pinnacle of whatever 
political power there was, right? And our, our humanist minds. No, he comes and he's born in that manner and he, he walks this earth for 30 years living and, and, and living in a perfect way as he serves people. Yep. That boggles my mind. Yeah, and it should. And that's why, why Paul why oh. Paul says to go ahead. I think it goes back to, um, you know, think of uh, somebody with uh, an addiction. Um, I mean, we were, you know, addicted to sin. Um, we had no idea that we needed an intervention. You know, and nobody that is uh, an addict knows that they need an intervention. If yeah. they knew they needed an intervention, then they didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, right. So I think that, that you know, the the, the apostles, uh, you know, they couldn't have they couldn't have really gotten it fully, um, you know, until Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, we so lack self awareness about our sin <laughs> and about our greatest need. And yet, Christ goes out of His way to to meet that need, even even when we're when we're not even aware of it, and and, and therefore nobody's nobody's asking for it. Um, he picks up verse nine. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him, and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus didn't just go to the cross; He didn't just go to the tomb. He also rose again, and he's now been exalted by the power of God to the Father's right hand. And this is where everything is going. Okay, um, I, this is super simple on one hand. It might seem again like a kind of a Captain Obvious type thing, but just think through this um, in an applicational sense. As many people find themselves in their lives at times where they're lost, and so when you're lost, it's not just sometimes that you don't know where you're going, you don't know how to get there, you don't know where you're at. Well, one of the ways to get your bearings to try to figure out where you are is to, you know, is to kind of like set your eyes on the North Star, so to speak, or to, to at least get, you know, something to, to, to begin to move towards. Well, here's where we can, we're certain that everything is going. One day, every knee is going to bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If that's the case, if you're confused about like, what school to go to, who to marry, what, you know, your job's falling apart, your relationships are broken, you feel like you, uh, maybe you are struggling with, with addiction. Um, and again, I, I would say that very broadly, not just like drugs and alcohol or something, but like, like uh, Eric said, a, had a great little phrase that we're addicted to sin. <laughs> you know, all of us are, are recovering addicts from, uh, we're addicted to pride. We're addicted to the opposite of this passage, to being self, to being self-aggrandizing. Um, where you need to start is 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 by humbling yourself and bringing your life um, as imperfectly as you're going to do this under the lordship of Christ Amen. by by trusting him and by beginning to bring uh, anything that you can uh, in your strength by faith under his lordship and just saying Lord here it is and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live this one any, anymore I'm going to pursue uh, Jesus being Lord in every area of my life because that is where everything is going. Like it's it's going there. Um, and when he says that every every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth, even Christ's enemies are going to one day bow the knee um, to his supreme lordship over all things. And so uh, we would be wise to begin to bow the knee now. Amen. That makes sense? Yes, sir. All right. Um, what other thoughts? What other thoughts on this? Anything? I th- I think it, um, 
an important one here is just by way of note is that in many people's Bibles, like in their English translations, you might have verses six through 11, like indented or like in a separate like paragraph or poem form. Does anybody have that? Yep. Mine's not. So the reason for that is, is that um, because it's, it's such a nice, like kind of like succinct, uh, juicy statement um, is that uh, most people think that this was actually an early hymn that the early church sang. And here's what I find interesting about this is like, and this would just be another practical takeaway in terms of like, how do I actually produce humility in my life without being proud about my humility? <laughs> you sing about it. You sing about Christ and what he has done. And so, um, again, in whatever the song is, like, is Christ at the center of it? And to and the more you sing about it, the more you meditate upon it, the more you, many people, they'll call it the canonic hymn or the canonic poem. You know, the more you, you, you commit a poem to memory and you meditate upon it, again, looking away from self, actually, looking towards Christ and what he has done, um, the more that this type of humility, though, does begin to be produced in you. And so... I would, uh, just by way of practical application, as we wrap this up, I would encourage anybody who's listening, if you want to, and maybe you've done some of this, maybe you haven't, but I would highly encourage you to memorize this passage. Um, uh, if, not, if not 1 through 11, at least verses 6 through 11. Memorize it and so that you can, when you're driving down the road, laying in your bed at night, um, be meditating upon the work of Christ. And, uh, and I pray that he would produce this type of humility in all of our lives. So we hope that this uh, podcast has helped you to understand the Bible, but also helped you to figure out how to study the Bible for yourself and that you can read it not just as information, but as food for your soul. Mm-hmm.